<laughs> well, the only thing I didn't pick up on, what's happening with the SAFER grant for the five firefighters? They, uh, they put in the grant, I think, around in March, and they, the grants were announced in July, and Newtown did not get a grant. And they, I asked about it, and they said they would reapply. And I think you read the opening for applying is in March, and it's still as possible that we would get a grant. And I'm not sure when the money's become available. And you know, so I know in this particular budget, they don't haven't included the five new firefighters. Right. So I guess the question is, if if the volunteers are saying, the volunteer association is saying they're having trouble covering on weekends, can we afford to wait to see if we get this grant? Is, is the hiring of new firefighters contingent on getting this grant? It seems to be. Um, now, they're having problems, but, you know, we do get help from adjacent fire companies sure. if there is a problem. And I haven't heard of any real, uh, you know, real problems lately. So it's one thing that we should be looking at. Um, you know, they're having a hard time getting recruits and uh, volunteers and having people cover when they're usually in working hours um, when they don't really don't need them but um, yeah. still in the evenings and on the weekends yes. but yeah i'm looking at their twitter account and they post on twitter uh, what they've done in the past week and they seem to be you know, going out on calls and I'm not, I didn't look at it in detail about right. uh, when they went out on calls, but that would be something that I would uh, need to look at and ask the, the chief. Now, yeah. we have uh, the paid firefighters are called the Newtown Emergency Services Department. Right. And Chief Foresight has been the chief of that department, but uh, there was a separate chief for the Newtown Fire Association, which is mm -hmm. the volunteers. Right. And uh, Matt Gerhardt, and he will not, he will, his last day will be December 31st. So he won't be the chief of the Newtown Fire Association, but on this Wednesday, we're going to vote to have them uh, changed the bylaws of the Newtown Fire Association. So Chief Forsyth, who is the chief of the NESD uh, Emergency right. Services Department, right. will be the chief of uh, the Newtown Fire Association as well. Well, I guess, you know, the thing you may want to think about, at the end of 2020, you're estimated to have an extra $900,000 compared to what Econsult thought you were going to have. And, and there are these proposed budget additions that are half a million dollars. You know, salaries for salary adjustments plus accelerating the hiring of police officers, et cetera. And so the question is whether or not you should put those aside and use this $900,000 to hire firefighters. 
you know, that's you're trying to cover a grant. You know, you need at least three firefighters to cover weekends, just the hours. That that's how it works out. And you'd have to get guys during the week to agree to rotate. You know, there are a lot of choices you guys are going to have to make. It's not easy. So your question is, if they this, if they have determined uh, the Newtown Fire Association has determined they're having a problem covering these hours. Weekends, why don't yeah. we do something immediately to ameliorate or to alleviate that situation? Right, rather than hiring, yeah, hiring three firefighters, you know, sounds reasonable to me. And the other thing is, as question. I mentioned, as I mentioned, the other townships use a uh, they take the code enforcement officer position and split it with a fire marshal position. So you have a split code enforcement fire marshal. We're proposing just a full-time code enforcement. You know, you could just do what Doylestown does or what Wrightstown does, and you have a split, have someone who's these fire marshal slash code enforcement officer. I don't know. That to me seems like your biggest issue right now. I said, unless you're really confident you're going to get another grant, try to figure out what went wrong. I mean, you'd have to. Well, what happens you have to really? You, what happens if you hire some firefighters? You, then you can't say, you know, you need you need to hire firefighters for the, for the grant application. I, I agree. You don't get the grant. But I think you have to, someone should be figuring out why we didn't get the grant. I mean, really dive into it. Was it a lousy application? Was it, you know, do we not cover certain points? You know, do they think we're too rich? You know, what is it? And and, th and to really make a judgment call as to whether or not a new new application is going to make any difference, if if they have a high confidence, okay, then somehow squeeze by till then ha that happens. But you know, and that's one of the things. I mean, I looked at that grant application; it didn't seem like very impressive to me. That's why I, one of the comments I said was get a certified grant writer to handle this stuff. You know, well, so, they were supposed to hire hmm. some uh, consultant. Uh, I think it was for $900. I can't see them doing much else than typing it up for that amount of money. But yeah. um, it didn't, they were some grammatical errors and things like that. So it wasn't really professionally written. No. But uh, it had some lots of numbers in there. And I didn't really look at all the numbers like you did, yeah. probably, Frank. But um, well, you know, Warrington Township got a grant this July. They got a grant, I think 1.8 million to hire career firefighters. So I would, I'd go talk to them. And it's interesting. So when I talked to the fire chief of Northampton, he said he helped Warrington write the application. There's no pride of authorship. It's, it's you rather get the money rather than say you, you were responsible for getting the money. I mean, I would just, I would really press what, what went wrong with the application Go talk to the one township that we know got it. What did they say? What didn't we say? Make a judgment call. You're going to get this. If you're not highly confident, you got an extra 900,000. Don't spend it on what they want to spend it on. Spend it on this. That's my view. So, What about um, uh, road work? I mean, that was, you know, one of the major uh, things in the survey that, residents said needed to be improved. I mean, I guess residents are always complaining about the roads, but I know a road in, uh, in my neighborhood here, I drive through every day and it's really 
you know, got a lot of patches in it. It doesn't have big potholes, but little potholes. And that's been around for three or four years. So th this proposal is to pave about three miles of road, or three, about four three miles, miles four. about 3.76, four miles of roads every year. But th that number is exactly what's needed uh, since there's 71.3 miles of roads and each road, whatever piece of road has to be replaced every 20 years, you work out the mathematics, it's exactly what they're proposing to do. So basically, in my view, it just keeps the status quo. If people are unhappy with the roads, that, that the condition of the roads now, they're still going to be unhappy because you're only, you're not catching up. You just, so I was thinking if you're raising taxes and there's no complaint about the police or the firefighters, that there hasn't been any major thing, uh, problem with the firefighting, you're talking about that 900,000, it costs about 240,000 per mile of road. Maybe we can do two more miles of roads a year, so we have five miles per year. The problem is that if you if if Micah's budget is to spend five hundred thousand more, I was thinking it was five hundred forty thousand more than what's in scenario two. Some of that is accelerating some expenses, like the hiring officers earlier, but some is just incremental, and you really have to roll that out over five years and see what that does, you know, because it's it's not just one and done. <clears throat> 900,000 is not going to go very far in my mind. And unfortunately, I think it was Phil who's, who said that he remembers a time when, you know, the roads were never paved. And so this is wonderful. I mean, the, the township that does a great job of paving, in my mind, is Upper Makefield. I don't know what they do or how they do it or how much money they spend on it. But that's where I ride my bicycle because it, the roads are wonderful. Can I make a comment about the roads? <laughs> I uh, live at Delancey Court, across the street from the municipal building. Anyway, on 413 from the village shopping center all the way to Stoopville, there is an enormous amount of potholes, and that's a state road. And for years, we've been trying to get them to you know, fill them up or be paved. And our, uh, that's been going on for about nine years. Uh, first, it was nine years ago, they said they'll be done in two to three years, and then so on and so forth. So finally this year, I got a commitment from Steve Santisierra's office that they're going to do it in four years. That's 13 years that that, four, that stretch has been on the dock to get done. So I think that, I don't know if you go over that section, when you do, you'll see a lot of problems. Uh, so I just want to make a point that maybe if we can get the state to do their job, then maybe we can follow up and, and you know do whatever we can with our road. Uh, now, can I make some comments about other things besides the roads and, and the, this other thing that we're talking about? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So what I was told uh, about the, the situation is that the reserves that uh, the township has has been uh, going down, 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 mainly due to the fact that Lockheed Martin moved out. And I think that was about three years ago. And in, in that building, another company moved in. I'm sure it was not as big as Lockheed Martin. And since then, we've had all kinds of other uh, things moving into the township, especially restaurants. And recently, the restaurants in the village. 
So I'm wondering, aren't these people going to pay any taxes? Uh, or do we give them a break, uh, like no taxes for so many years? Well, no, I mean, they, How's that obviously oh. they, the oh. owner of the shopping center pays real estate taxes. And there were, you know, fees and permit fees and things for the new building. There wasn't any resale of land, so there's no uh, tax based upon the resale of real estate which is another form of tax that we get. But the main tax that comes from uh, those new businesses would be earned income tax from people who work there. And probably most of the people who work there are not Newtown residents. So they, 1% of their um, earnings uh, goes to Newtown. If you're a resident, you also pay 1% of your earned income, but half of that goes to the school board. So what we need is more non-resident earned income tax. And this is what happened with Lockheed Martin. They okay. there were a lot of employees there with well-paying jobs. So that 1% of non-resident, mostly non-resident income tax was a lot of money, over $700,000 a year. So when they left, yeah. yes, that was a one-time, well, it's a loss of $700,000 a year that we haven't really made up from these shopping centers, which are lower income and much less earned income tax. Okay, I guess I, I, looking at it that way, I see something that I didn't know before. Frank, is, is that the, your knowledge that these uh, businesses that have moved in they're, they're people that are residents here, so that, that changes the tax structure. Well, if you're always Is taxing a resident. You're, yeah, you're, you were always taxing a resident. Lockheed Martin had a lot of people coming from New Jersey, so we're getting a lot of taxes from non-residents. Right. And the new employer, the, the company that took over, doesn't have anywhere near the number of employees that Lockheed Martin has. Right. And all the developments so far, like the, the, the village, that's that's all retail. That's all minimum wage. You're not you're not pulling in any revenue. So you know over time, you know the township its earned income tax is probably about the same as what it was in 2015. You know they lost the 700,000 in 2015. So it's grown as the township's grown, but being relatively flat, and your expenses are going up. You know you have, you know you have contracts with the police with three percent raises every year. Mm -hmm and keeping pace with your expenses. So that was the idea of going and using this real estate tax um, because it's another source of revenue. Consultant's view is that it's okay to tax the wealth that people have built in their houses. You know, somewhere on average, four, three, four hundred dollars you know, they, they're just the view, well, that's fine. You know, that's what we'll do. The problem is, you really don't know that this is the end of it. I mean, there's so many things, so many issues that haven't been dealt with that can't say this is the last tax increase. And this one's the big one. So that's the question. John says, John said, that's not even dealing with public works because they don't seem to be a power broker like the police department is, you know, <laughs> that's just the way it is. All right, so uh, can I, okay, I got the floor. Okay, so the Lancy Court where we live, I've been told by realtors that we pay 
the most, the highest amount of tax in uh, Newtown, our community. And also at the time that this community was built, I don't know who made the deal and and we were not told, they was not disclosed at, at the closings that we are a private community. So as a private community, we have to do our own snow removal, uh, we own electricity for the lights, and also we have to repave sometime in the future so we put money into it. So township, a lot of money by the fact that this deal was made, which I don't understand. And, and so we're in that predicament. So maybe one thing we could do in case our taxes go up is we can now go after changing it from private community to a regular community. So there to offset the taxes that would be increased with us. The next thing is that this community should have never been built where we are. We are within 10 feet, some homes of wetland. Know who gave uh, the right to, for us to be built here? 10 feet away and there are trees, 10 feet away that are about 30, 40 feet high, leaning towards our homes that eventually someday they're gonna come down and hit us. And when something is in a wetland, you can't just uh, do anything about it. I mean, you just, uh, you can't just take down the trees without going to a lot of red tape uh, and possibly, you know, don't even get there. So we have issues here in Delancey Court that if there was an increase that would come down the line, we would have to do something about it. We wouldn't, we wouldn't just sit back and take the increase. Unfortunately, I don't know the history of that. Maybe Frank knows more about how that is. Uh, the community hasn't been finished, I guess. Tolles no, needs no. to be worked. Yeah, yeah, that's not it, though. The roads are too narrow. I mean, this is something that the township's doing with other communities, which is the roads are built narrow, so they don't they don't get dedicated to the township because they're too narrow. So the community has to maintain it, and and it's you know it's a little it's it's cheaper for the developer because they don't have to build roads as wide. It's cheaper for the township because they don't have to deal with snowplow and and road repair, and it falls on the residents. It's a it's a bad practice in my mind. But, it's but been going happened, on in township for a long time. Somebody made a deal. So they can build the roads the way they did just because they're narrow. We can possibly get a waiver for the fact that narrow. Now, the fact that we're next to the wetland, that was another deal made by someone. Yeah. Maybe we Bill, should Bill. have an investigating investigation yeah, about Bill, who made Bill. all these deals for us to be built. We shouldn't be here. Yeah, but Bill, this will never will never get that done. That'll never happen because there are so many other communities that have private roads. And, and they're not going to give us a special deal. It's just not going to happen. So we're stuck with it. All right. Um, I'm not an economist, and reading those uh, reports only make my eyes cross. I am just a person that lives in the Eagle Ridge complex. I live off of Social Security and a very small pension. I'm lucky that my townhouse is paid for, but... Because I live on a budget as a 71-year-old person, to see my taxes go up is terrifying. You know, somebody said, oh, well, it'll be, uh, you know, 400 a year for these people. Uh, hello? <laughs> That's my food you're talking about. So yes. I'm, I'm wondering exactly how it will affect me 
as a person who lives in a community where they pay our community pays for the care of our streets and um, the lighting and everything else. Um, you know, could, I know you said, oh, that's an impossibility to, that the township would give, say, a discount to the communities that care for their own land and streets uh, so that we can live without seeing our income fly away. So my question is, how does, what are the numbers that'll affect me personally? Or any, because in my street, just in my area, I have s seven elderly people who live there. And we're all on tight budgets. Not everyone so, in Newtown is rich. Phil Calabro, who was a supervisor, the chair of the board, made a point that, well, you want crime to go up? You want less firemen? So the whole argument hinges around you'll be with an unsafe, Newtown will become unsafe because it doesn't have enough police or enough firemen. But I don't, you know, necessarily like that argument. I think, you know, maybe we don't need as many more police as the chief says. He wants to get, we have 29 now or so, and he wants to get it up to 41 eventually. Plus he wants a new police building. That's um, a dream. He wants a lot. And whether we need all that, you know, this is just the opening salvo, basically. Sorry, I mean, you live in a neighborhood, again, like Delancey Court, where you have to repave all your streets and everything? Yeah, I didn't, in fact, I they're going to be that. doing that now. You know, I wasn't aware of all the communities that were in that situation. It'd be interesting. What I would like to find out is... Um, to try to get a list of these 71 roads, Newtown roads. And there must be a database somewhere where they keep track of when the last time a road was repaved or something. And what you know. percentage are homeowner association caring for? Because maybe they have 71 roads, but it might there might be a good chunk of roads that are really under the HOA. Well, the same, the township is responsible for 71.3 miles of roads. Mm -hmm. And they're responsible for snow plowing and paving and repairs. And I don't know, I guess there are many more roads, many more miles of roads that are not on that list. And that's a problem for the residents in those areas who are not getting those kinds of basic services. I don't know what could be done about that. Well, I'm just wondering how, how quickly are my taxes going to increase my real estate taxes? Very quickly. Very quickly. The housing in our area, the average price is about 250,000. We're not talking mansions here. Yeah, your tax is gonna be a lot less. It's going to be a lot less. It's all based on assessed values, and it, and so the real estate tax on, on on that kind of value is not going to be that high. But there's also there's a Bucks County has this uh, 
website where you can actually plug in the information for your particular particular lot and figure out what that tax increase is going to be. I'll tell you how to do it. Go yeah, to my website. Please do. <laughs> have, you been, have you been on my website? www.johnmacnewtown.info. johnmacnewtown.info. Go to the glossary. Look on the millage. And there's a link right there to the map. It's an interactive map. The map will come up. You find your property on the map. You click on that property. It will tell you what your assessed value is. And then I have the equation in the glossary. Basically, you multiply the, the millage rate right now is 4.5 by the assessed value. That's how you get your yearly uh, real estate tax. If it goes up to 12 point, what is it? 12 point four nine. Four nine. you would multiply by 12.49 the assessed value. And then the difference is the difference you would pay. Can I follow up with something that Janice brought up? Uh, that yeah. There might be hundreds, maybe thousands of people like kind of someone of the world where we retired on a fixed income. And with all these costs of things going up, we some of us are, have to consider about moving out of Newtown because of the taxes. And I'm certain the township wouldn't want to have all these people moving out. I wanted to make another point, and I lived many years in California where they had that Proposition 13 to protect seniors who stay in their homes and their taxes are stable throughout their life. So you could have a person that bought a house back in the 40s was 25000 and now the, the house is worth $1.5 and they're paying the, the low taxes, and, and so it gave them a break. So the township should consider these people like us, you know, elderly people, not, you know, retired, fixed income. Well, I asked about that, and, and uh, the manager said there was no way you could get a discount from the township, but there is some state um, programs if you're making under a certain income, et cetera, maybe you can get yeah. some uh, relief from state, maybe the state uh, or Bucks County. I'm not sure how that works. I've been getting it every year from the state. Yeah, moving out of Newtown. I mean, uh, what, that's a scenario that, that maybe people haven't thought about. Maybe if uh, enough seniors leave, they sell their homes to a younger professional audience, we'll get more earned income tax. Oh, no. So they want us to move out. <laughs> want to stay here. Lovely. The point I'm trying to make is we want to stay here, but you're trying to force us out. The reason California they do what they do, they want people to move back. All right, now here's another thing. And when I lived in Orange County, California, besides that, if you were a veteran, foreign war, you got a discount. There's no discount any place here. It's like veterans don't count, except 10% at Home Depot loads. Like, give us a break. We're fixed income veterans, just about making it. Bill, would you, would you, uh, kind of walk on over on Wednesday night to the meeting and say some of these things uh, for the public record? I, yes, I can. Yes, I can do it. It's just at the last meeting, by the time I found out about the, the time and place of the meeting, which is always across the street, I was doing something else. Yeah, I'll make okay. the next one. 
And then I was surprised that no one from the board of where I live came, went to the meeting. That was surprising. Right. Well, there were a lot of, e people sent in a lot of emails and um, we've, I've read them all and I've tried to get at least a summary of those into the minutes, but I can tell you that nothing makes as big an impression as actual people showing up and uh, being there and us able to ask further questions, perhaps to have a dialogue. John, It'd John, it never happened. Everyone's concerned about COVID. They don't, don't want to go to some public <laughs> meeting or your oh, seniors. It's not <laughs> happening. But John, let me ask you a question. Why, why weren't any of these comments read out loud? Isn't, isn't it the policy? If you submit a comment by email, it'd be read out loud. What happened? Well, uh, there was a policy when it was Zoom meeting because I thought that um, email was the only way that people can make comments. So if they could, the whole comment can be heard while they were live, then their whole comment by email on Zoom should be read aloud. But when we move back to the live meetings, I mean, that kind of got a little loosey-goosey. There were 14 or 13 comments. You know, I made, a, I guess, a judgment call that a lot of them were kind of saying the same thing. And I, I summarized the, what people were trying to say. Uh, and since, you know, I asked that all the comments be included in the uh, minute verbatim, all the emails. So I haven't seen that yet uh, from that meeting. I, I noticed it doesn't say that on the agenda anymore, that comments will be yeah. read out loud. But it used I, to be on the notice. It was on the no, there'd be a notice of a meeting and it would say it there. Right. If there are just a few comments and they're short, I would be glad to read them. If I get a, you know, they've been sending copies to us by email, I could read them. You know, how many people actually are watching this meeting? So I felt it was almost as important to have them included verbatim in the minutes which, okay. you know, we could also distribute maybe more widely. And I, when I write articles in the patch, I try to include lots of comments okay. from people. Can we include Zoom on the next township meeting with the uh, uh, Board of Supervisors? The next meeting is going to be live. They don't, they won't do simultaneous Zoom. They don't know. Okay. They don't know how. Or well, they don't, I don't know. It's hard to get elderly people where you know, we're older. We a lot of us have issues, uh, and they've been the governors. Everybody say, you know, try to stay home. If we could have Zoom like tonight, you're going to get a lot more people. You know, I'm just concerned that a lot of uh, citizens are not participating in yeah. this. Can I say something funny? Uh, they say there's two things certain in this world: taxes is one of them, and death. So if I come to the meeting, the next meeting, <laughs> and I and I catch COVID and I die then I don't have to pay the taxes and it's done. <laughs> That's a good one, right? Well, John, I'm, I'm showing up to Wednesday's meeting. I'm giving you my final comments on, on, on what I've heard so far. And then I'm withdrawing from this process because I, 
I, you know, I feel like I'm a contestant on Shark Tank. I keep, I keep giving all these, <laughs> pitching these ideas, and it's landing on deaf ears. Just they're saying, you know, Phil saying, yeah, I hear we have to say, and uh, I thought about it, and I'm out. You know, so it's like, okay, you know, this is, it's just been really a colossal nowhere. I've been going nowhere with this. So, I feel your pain. But I really appreciate your comments. I mean, uh, you've helped me look at this uh, more analytically. You know, I'm only one person. I don't know what I, know. I can achieve. So the only thing I hope to achieve is that the money might be able to get spent on something that people really think needs to be done. Uh, and I'm focusing on the roads because it may be the easiest thing to show people that we are using the money for something other than hiring new people, raising people's salaries and so on, which I think sends the wrong message out at this particular time. And- uh, I agree, I agree. One long range budget issue you have, you just keep in the back of your mind, we're gonna hire three new officers, but the chief wants to pr promote officers to supervisor ranks. And so effectively we're hiring three more supervisors and we're starting to approach a one-to-one -one ratio of supervisors to officers. And I know that- Where did you, know where did you see that? Did, how, do you know he's gonna, how do you know he's gonna do that? I didn't understand there was, that. There was something, in, one of the items that he wanted to do said, promotion to supervisors in that first eight pages. There's something really? about promotion to supervisors. So, I mean, I don't know. You'd have to see what's in the detailed budget of the police department because that, well, I know. Because that would be a salary adjustment as opposed to a normal 3% increase. So that would, that's what you would look for. And well, I'm just saying- has retired. Right. Yeah, so that's interesting. I was actually trying to look back to see what, was, what do we do historically? And I found something interesting, an article that, you know, our fire chief Forsyth used to be police lieutenant Forsyth. And when he moved over to the fire chief position, the police department eliminated one of the two fire, one of the two lieutenant positions. So they went from two lieutenants to one. So they not, not just did they move the person, but they, they org chart, they moved the budget. And then in 2018, from, someone got promoted to lieutenant and then someone's retired. So really from a budget perspective, when they created the fire chief role, they took away a lieutenant's position in the police department. So it's interesting how this all develops, but you know, I know Micah had said that, you know, especially in what happened with George Floyd, you have to have supervisors around. And I get that, but I was reading an article that said you could have too many supervisors because you know, if you have a situation they, they cited two things. If you have a supervisor, a situation with more than one supervisor on the scene, who's in charge? That's one. And second, if you have too many supervisors, no one's getting the proper training because there's no one to supervise. And it's, so I know they want to offer promotions to people, but it's also okay to have turnover. I mean, you know, we can't we can't have all supervisors if there are no if there are no openings. <laughs> You know, that's when people go to other departments and that's just what happens, you know, until people retire. Yeah, that's so. a good point you're making, Frank. And also so many places are defunding the police and then we're trying well, to increase the police. I don't well, think that's you a know, good argument. 
Yeah, no, the problem, problem with the overall force is that we have all this now commercial development, in my mind, we have all this commercial development that the jointure has pushed our way. And so you need police coverage and you need fire coverage. It's not that you don't need it. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not faulting him saying he wants more officers. I'm just, it's all prioritizing all this. Well, that's right. Yeah. I mean, um, he cited a number of numbers and studies that determine how many police a community should have. I mean, he came up with 41, but uh, when you look at other municipalities around us, I just did a quick thing about number of residents per police officer is one of the, one of the measurements. And, you know, we're pretty, we could use a few more police officers, but I, I see what uh, Frank is saying. Uh, unfortunately, you know, somebody like me has a problem telling the chief how many supervisors he needs. I mean, he's supposed to be the expert. Who am I? That was e that was e-consult's role. They went through this whole analysis of supervisors and what you should have, the whole department, and then no, no conclusion, no recommendation. They just stopped. It's right. become like a political hot potato and they just dropped it. Now I have one other question, which is what e-consult had recommended was this, what they call this scenario three, not where we go to Newtown Borough and say, you have to contribute 20% of the fire department's costs. But Micah said, I'm recommending you adopt scenario two. So does that mean you've already talked to the borough and they're not going to give you any more money? What, what does that mean? As far as I know, we haven't talked, but I don't know everything, of course. They had had, I don't want to say pushback, but I remember maybe a year and a half ago, we would be meeting with the uh, council member and uh, the mayor, uh, Schwartz. I, um, I, th I thought it was a woman in, in the borough. Is there a woman? In yeah, the, the no. councilwoman. Uh, and we started talking about this. Uh, we came up with the 20% call data. We had the fire department measure, you know, get uh, the database of the calls together to see how much we were doing versus the town, the borough. And that's where that 20% came from. Um, but uh, then the meeting stopped as far as I knew. I wasn't, or I wasn't invited. You can only have two supervisors at any private non-public meeting or else it becomes a public meeting. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> only in so government. But from those meetings, Corky, the mayor's, wasn't saying, yeah, yeah, I see that, yep, yep. And, but <laughs> nobody uh, said, yeah, I think you should get that. You know, I see that then probably that's going to be hard to get. I don't know. Tell the residents of Newtown Borough, uh, here, sign this separate contract if you want, you know, fire calls responded to, otherwise your house burns down. You know, that's the, uh, see how that goes over. <laughs> Now a fi the fire chief is going to be uh, paid by the township. I don't know what that means. Uh, the volunteers, they actually own all the equipment and they actually own the firehouse that the paid firefighters work out of. So yep. they have all the assets and, you know, as it evolves, I gather that's 
primarily what they're going to be responsible for, the equipment. And then yeah. we're responsible for the manpower. I mean, the volunteers just bought a, a new fire truck for $718,000. Yeah, they wow. have quite substantial funding. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're cutting back our funding for the Newtown Fire Association from 175,000 to 160,000. 